Talk with Ben Tompkins. Hey, how you doing, everybody? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Nobody Currently. These are the mixtape days. And man, oh man, episodes like today are what continue to give me confidence and a belief that if I continue down this path, great things are going to come. Because really... This path is all about, sure, personal healing and discovery and growth for myself, but it's done in a way where I'm trying to elevate other people and help other people on their personal journey and celebrating the growth of others. And today's episode is a celebration of personal growth because yes, Kristen Garland is a web and graphic designer. Yes, she is a brand specialist, but really she is a nurturer of all things growth. Kristen and I first connected back in 2015 when we were undergrads at the University of Kentucky. Just two students both trying to figure out their path in a very confusing and always changing world. And through social media, we've been able to stay connected. And in the time since graduation, I've admired her hustle from afar as she's leaned into her gifts and her passions and her pursuit of personal growth. And it's led her from her home in Northern Virginia all the way across the country to Seattle, as she's not only achieved her dream of living in the Pacific Northwest, but also starting her own business. So in this episode, you're going to hear Kristen share what's inspired her to take this leap of faith and how she used her time during the quarantine to reflect, game plan, and gain clarity in her life. Why launching CMGDigitalMedia.com has been therapeutic for her and how it's helped her in her own personal healing and growth process. After that, Kristen gets pretty deep when she starts to open up about her identity and the challenges that she's had to overcome going from and growing up as this straight-A student and how having the gifted and talented designation that she carried while she was in school, high school, middle school, and so on, has been reinforced to shape both internal and external expectations of herself, to how she's battled these conflicts, raised her visibility, and grown more confident in herself as a solopreneur and a human being. Later on, we spend some time talking about the types of clients that she's interested in working with, who she's working with now, what she's learned and realized about herself since the official launch, plus moving to the Pacific Northwest and plugging her passion project, Kind to the Root. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode half as much as we enjoy playing it for you because we had a ball. And if you did, please let Kristen and I know by dropping a quick rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Share it with somebody that you know would love to hear this episode as well. And if you need some help in telling your story digitally, connect with Kristen through her website, cmgdigitalmedia.com, or on Instagram, either at cmg underscore digital or her personal Instagram is at Kristen underscore Marie G. And she will get you right, man. She will get you looking right, feeling right, and reach out so that she may assist you in nurturing and growing your business. And finally, if you enjoy this episode and the topics that we cover, if you like hearing about personal growth, if you like hearing about entrepreneurship, and I'll even take it one up a notch, if you like hearing those stories through the lens of being a female, then I think you would really vibe with a handful of episodes that are available everywhere podcasts are available. The first one going all the way back, almost to the very first episode that we did on this show, Sarah Merrill, the creator of Big Kid Problems, on ditching the corporate world, faking it till you become it, and getting out of your own head. 
There's also another episode with Jade Stanton on borderline personality disorder, breaking the cycle, and living a healthier life. Jade has totally leaned into her truest gifts, healing herself, and in turn healing others, and launching a coaching business, and we go really deep on that one. And then, just a handful of weeks ago, my buddy Morgan McCombs joined the show and talked about launching her new creative platform, Empower Now, moving from Arkansas to the Bay Area to living abroad to moving to New York and earning her New York stripes and living unapologetically. All three episodes are fucking bangers, and I really think anybody that enjoys this episode and is asking themselves, how can I hear more of this? I really, really liked her. She was a great guest. Who were some of the other people that Benny T has had on the show? I would start with those three episodes right there. And, of course, please, if you enjoy any of them, Share them with somebody that you also think absolutely needs to hear them. And drop a quick rating and a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps. It really does. And we're trying to grow the show and grow ourselves. And that's a big way that you can help. And it takes like two seconds, you know? Bada bing, bada boom. You're in, you're out, you're done. I'm happy, you're happy. And come back next week because you know that we're going to have some inspiring people on, some great guests, great storytellers people who are committed to living their best lives and sharing it with the world, down to come on this show and be vulnerable. It's not easy to come on this show without any preparation and you get the guy who's hosting the show that just emails you and says, come on and be yourself. How hard could that be, right? You're like, no sweat, right? But again and again and again, people continue to come on and amaze even themselves on how comfortable they become speaking about these things with me. And my friends, those conversations leads to great content, and that's how we make great episodes. Real people, real stories, real talk. That's what we do, baby. And it's continuing to have on great guests like today's guest, Kristen Garland. So, without further ado... Here is Kristen Garland. All right, there she is. We now welcome Kristen Garland to the show. Kristen, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing very well. It's so good to see you after all these years. I know. How long has it been? Like seven, eight years? Oh, my God. Nine? So we, we, I was recently talking to another classmate of ours from the University of Kentucky and we were like, dude, we did it right because we got out at the right time and I was officially done like summer 2015. Um, I know you were right around that we had, because we had upper division journalism classes together Uh and, and that's what I was before we started, I was like, wait, I want to save this because I have a picture of the 404 group that was doing the broadcast that day. And you were a part of that MAS class. And I was one of the hosts that day. And UK's journalism program, like shout out to the UK's journalism and media program. But (laughs) I I have that photo. (laughs) Yeah. So, so it's, it's been that long and, and it's, it's really, really good to reconnect with you. Yeah, it's great to reconnect with you. I I recently found too because you, you know, you were journalism, so you were doing you know the news and reporting, and I was kind of rotating between different roles on the production side. So I was some days I was running the camera. Actually, now that I'm thinking, I did this two semesters. In the first semester, I think I did more camera work, and the second semester 
I got invited back to direct it, which was so frightening, but really funny. I mean, it's low stakes, right? It's, it's, it's student news for college, but it was still the scariest thing I had done oh, to yeah. that point in college. Oh yeah. Um, doing live production. Yeah. Well, Intense. dude, it's so unique that UK offers that and has the studio that they do because there's so many different journalism schools. Like everybody talks about Missouri as a journalism school and I'm not throwing shade at any other Syracuse's <laughs> or Northwestern's or anything, but the university of Kentucky has a setup and they did them dirty moving them out of the Greyhound building and everyone, I, I haven't been back and seen their setup, but I, I did hear that things didn't didn't you know they kind of like kicked him to the curb a little bit i'm like that's some bullshit man oh no yeah they really had such an extensive communications program where other colleges i feel just have a communications major they really had like four different paths you could take and even within that multiple paths and all the staff was wonderful and yeah yeah i have i've been back to uk to visit i think a couple years ago and just seeing all the new buildings and I'm like, these new kids are spoiled because <laughs> my building, I was the last one to, I lived on North campus and I was like the last full year of living in that building. Oh my gosh. I don't even like, remember what it was called. They pa tore it down the next Patterson year. office tower, the big one or Kerwin. No, 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 no. That was, those were the towers. It was North campus was uh, blazer. It was called Blazer. Yeah. Hey. I think it was Blazer. Yeah. Right there. People said all of the nerdy people lived on North campus. Oh, um, and I'm, you know, the cool kids got on South campus, whatever. <laughs> I don't believe that. So my dorm did get torn down like immediately. It was a very old building. Oh man. Yeah. I've, I've, I go back and it's almost as if it's somebody else's experience because the way that things have changed so much, I don't even, there's so many things that have shut down. And then after COVID, Ooh. um, and it really is different because there's, so I don't know how many of the journalism classes that you took, but I, I don't know if you ever took an elective with Dr. James Farrell or worked with Mel. Mel was on that broadcast team. and mm -hmm. But um, yeah, shout out to Dr. Farrell, you know, rest in power, my dog right there. That's a huge mentor that, that they lost, but um, oh. Khaki's still there. A, a lot of those people, Scooby's still there and um. It was really cool. And and yeah, you're you're rotating week in and week out. So you're the technical director one week and then you're operating the camera. And when I was there too, like when we were there, podcasting and visual storytelling was done in such a certain type of way. Basically, you were preparing on the news side to go to local news. And if you were on the production side, you were doing utilities work and learning how to be on sidelines or shooting and um, I think it's cool that both you and I found a path within going through that program that has then, like, we learned skills during that time that are now setting us up to where we're at and the businesses that we've both started and the growth that we're seeking going, there's a couple of different paths. I'm just trying to find the one that's right for me. And you're somebody that is dedicated to that growth. And we fucking love mm -hmm. that. We love you for it. Okay. <laughs> and so that's really why, uh, you know, I, I reached out. So that's, I guess, yeah. 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 Thank you. And you know, it's so funny at that time, I think I wanted to go be a production assistant. Like I actually wanted to move to California and try to, you know, go work on the, on a show or something. That's kind of the realm that I was exploring at that time. And I'm 
I feel so far from that at yeah. this point, but thinking back when I reflect, I'm like, wow, that was really cool. And that those are some major skills, being able to think on your feet and communicate quickly and effectively and handle things on live television. That was definitely a big building block for for some <laughs> serious life skills. <laughs> we'll run it, we'll run it. You know, it's just yeah, like but I yeah, but production assistant also sounds so hard and challenging. So I kind of got a little steered away from that. Um, well, yeah, which is good because, you know, at that point, we're like little pieces of clay. We still are. Right. But right. we're trying to figure out our path forward and we're only seeing what we're seeing at that time. Like it takes it takes the experience. It takes ruling out what you don't want to do. And then it takes like finding your path. So that's really what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today is how you've gone from this place that we were connected at the University of Kentucky to where you're at now, moving out to the Pacific Northwest and becoming a solo entrepreneur and founding CMG Digital Media. Check her out on Instagram at CMG underscore digital. Her personal Instagram is at Kristen underscore Marie G. That's Kristen with a C-H. Ch-ch-ch-ching. All right. Hit her up. (laughs) And I admire what you're doing. So Kristen, let's just take it from the top and tell me where you were born and how you grew up. Yeah. Um, I Thank you for that intro. That was wonderful. Uh, cha-cha-cha-ching. Love that. I need to put that in my bio. Bars. <laughs> Bars. Love it. <laughs> um, so I was born in Morgantown, West Virginia, um, but I didn't really spend any time there growing up. My family moved to Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So I actually spent the majority of my childhood there. We moved down to Tampa, Florida for two years when I was in middle school. When we were down there, my parents split up and then we moved back up to Northern Virginia two years later where I finished out high school and then went to the University of Kentucky from there. So I moved to a lot of places. I feel like my parents moved houses every few years, but really it's always been Northern Virginia and Florida or just the two places that I live. So I also am a child of divorce, but you had to go through a divorce and switch high schools halfway Uh through. That had to have been a really difficult time and transition for you. Yeah, I was lucky. So I was lucky. Uh, Yeah, it happened in middle school. So when we moved back up to Northern Virginia, I actually from eighth grade to graduating high school uh, was at the same school. So I was I was lucky in that regard. My brother's a little bit older, so he had a little bit more switching around to do. Yeah. but yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. How old were you when they officially split? Um, how old are you in seventh grade? <laughs> so like, that's that's right well. when my parents moved out and my dad moved out of the house. I was thirteen, mm-hmm. but I was old. Mm-hmm. I'm a June, you know, I'm a Gemini, so um, I was older for my grade, so twelve, thirteen years old. So our parents both mm-hmm. got divorced at that time. So and that's. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is one of the most pivotal times of your life because I see people our age and people who are older and younger now that we're getting older mm-hmm. that have kids. And I just think, wow, I can tell what kind of a home or a structure or a foundation that this person is coming from because sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's not. You, you never truly know what somebody's going through, but you know chaos when you see it. 
you know dysfunction when you see it. And that's been my reality. Uh, And uh so I think I was curious, looking through all of your stuff, Uh you're dedicated to growth and you're somebody that's gone through the same stuff. And I wanted to ask you about where your inspiration comes as a nurturer because do you think that through everything that you experienced as a kid and growing up and switching and getting and do you think that that is what shaped you to now be for everybody else what you always wish that you had or what you needed at that point that's a great question i think when my parents split up as often happens with divorces we have to recognize our parents are going through their own things, right? So they can't always be as emotionally available for their kids because they're trying to be emotionally available for themselves and work through that. I think that with my parents splitting up, for me, I I became kind of the peacekeeper in the household. I'm the middle child. So Uh that tends to happen. I have an older (laughs) brother, younger sister. So I feel like I kind of managed us kids a lot um you're the glue gal i'm the glue gal i am the glue i am like the bridge builder i am everyone's confidant the person that people can come to so yeah i would say some of that probably came from the divorce and just how i could create safety for myself and for my siblings was just kind of being this like emotional safe place and kind of creating that and that's been what's driven you to start your businesses and so much of that is woven into your fabric would you say that that's what you think has led you here like a big part of that or how much would you attribute that to being where you are now yeah I actually and this has been interesting I've always known that I've wanted to start a business and I actually think as I've worked through this with my therapist I actually think part of why I've always wanted to just be an entrepreneur has to do with the fact that I have ADHD. (laughs) Uh And so I have lots and lots of interests and I've always wanted to have like autonomy and freedom and my own, I want to control my time. Now, whether or not that came from childhood, I'm actually really not sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, I do know that's something that's always been there for me is this resistance to someone else telling me what to do. But I was a kid that always did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So getting to this point of actually stepping out and starting my own business is kind of revolutionary for me because maybe this was always a quality I had, but something that I didn't pay attention to or didn't kind of give the time of day because I was so worried about just fulfilling expectations, doing what I'm supposed to, being good in school, being like a good kid, not causing problems for my family who's already, you know, dealing with Being the glue gal comes with its cons too, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, sometimes I'm tired. I don't have the energy to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you don't have a choice, you know, because if you don't, no one else is going to. Because everyone's dealing with their own uh, processing of whatever's happening, you know. And it's important to note, too, before we move on from this, and it is really deep and, it, it you know, like most of these are therapy sessions. So thank you for being so open and vulnerable <laughs> and like, yeah, parents are human beings, too. And we are all at the end of the day, deeply flawed individuals and everybody's figuring their shit out, you know, and uh, 
Some people do it in a way that only serves them. And I think other people do it in a way that is like, hey, let me share my gifts with the world. And that's what you're doing. And starting your business and taking that leap of faith, what do you think were little moments? Can you remember any moments along the path that when you were feeling self-conscious or or maybe doubting it a little bit or like how is this gonna oh my gosh like because your website and everything is so fucking fire everybody should go and check out cmgdigitalmedia.com and see the excellent work that she does (laughs) as a branding savant i call you an architect of the internet like it's incredible work right but at what points did you have any moments or did you that gave you reassurance that you didn't exactly know where you were headed, but it felt right and you just needed to keep doing the work and keep going with it. Did you have any moments like that? Oh my gosh, it's a constant cycle. It is a constant oscillating between I'm confident, I'm excited, I can do this, I'm born to do this, this is great. And then on the other hand, I'm an imposter. I don't know what I'm doing. Who would want to hire me? And that's it's hard to admit that but it is it is almost a constant back and forth you know you have a couple good weeks and then you can have a couple bad weeks and i think that has happened the entire time that i've been in business which has made this the most challenging thing i've ever done and is really the reason that i actually started therapy because i started my business earlier this year in february so i'm still a very new business owner yeah and um and yeah i just started therapy 2 months ago so it was Congrats. really this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kelsey. I love my therapist. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this constant oscillating, I, I feel like it's just always present in business. And it's hard to say that out loud, but I think that it's something that almost any business owner can relate to because of the way that business really pushes you past what you've had to do before in terms of your risk and and vulnerability and and visibility and that's something that i've had to struggle with a lot this year is getting over that fear of being visible because if people can see me they can judge me and have bad perceptions of me and as a people-pleasing perfectionist that is not what i want (laughs) sure Hey, there's always going to be haters, all right? So shout out to them. They keep us accountable and they keep us honest and they keep us working on that fuck them grind. But you you, you going through that visibility, not to get too like therapeutic here, but that's like a staple of middle child syndrome is, hey, I exist. I am here. And so finally, when you lean into that and you get your business going, that just had to be such a liberating moment for you. Yeah, it's been the best feel. Like I have felt some of the best I've ever felt this year and I've felt some of the worst I've ever felt this year. Because you know, when you start this healing journey, which I truly think that my business has actually been a healing journey for me, it's going to be messy and it's it's not going to be comfortable. <laughs> no. It's not always going to be enjoyable, but you have to decide that you want what's on the other side of that work. And that is what keeps me going is knowing how much bigger my business could be. Or if this doesn't even end up being the business for the long run, maybe this is my lesson that's going to teach me and equip me with skills. Kind of like we were talking about with UK and 
being a production assistant and kind of having this other path, you know, maybe this business right now isn't going to be what I'm doing in three to five years. Maybe it's a launching pad for my next big idea. Who knows? Like I said, ADHD, shiny object syndrome, I have a lot of interests. (laughs) (laughs) No, and that's really what I think that you're doing is you're healing yourself and you're starting this journey. Like you started this journey to solve your own problems and make sense of your own reality and lean into what feels right for you. And doing all of that, you know, as an entrepreneur and a solopreneur, shout out to you, first of all. Okay. I don't know (laughs) the last time that you heard this, but somebody like actually fucking like stood up and clapped for you (laughs) because of all the work that you do in the room that you're sitting in right there and in your spaces that you feel comfortable creating. You're doing it and you're fucking rocking it and it looks amazing and and it looks like you're having such a great time. Who wouldn't want to work with you? Okay. (laughs) But I truly believe that as an entrepreneur, even if this path isn't necessarily the one that makes you a career and brings you the money as its current form and where you're at right now. I believe a thousand percent that you going down this path and seeking growth and personal development, starting this business, eventually it's going to lead to where you're ultimately supposed to be. And Everything that you're learning right now, you might not see it. You might not know when the moment is going to come or what it's going to look like, but it's going to uniquely position you and you're going to be ready. And when your moment comes, like your your big, big moment, like you've had all these moments that we are celebrating today, but there are so many big moments that you've still, like they're coming for you, okay? The best is yet to be. And no matter what happens, I truly believe that if your interests are pure and your intentions are pure and you're really doing things for the right reason and doing right by people and growing a business like you're doing and like being a nurturer and a solver and a safe harbor place for people, that's real. And that's what stands out. That's what speaks so loudly. And that's what differentiates amongst all the other bullshit and amongst all the other stuff that's not passionate. And I just want to encourage you to keep going and let you know that even if, you know, I, as somebody that has started, like my my thing, just really quickly to talk about me, has gone from, okay, here's my plan. Now I'm going through, I'm getting feedback. Wait a second. What if I do it this way? Oh shit, that's not going to work. Now I need to go here. Whoa, 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 what's happening over here? Like, and you start to ping pong your way along this path. And that's what you're doing. And you just got to keep going with it, dude. Thank you so much. That was, you were just speaking right to my heart there. Well, my little heart needed to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for the encouragement because behind it all, there's, still this feeling that I'm still working through of like, you haven't done enough. You're not doing enough every day. If I'm not getting X amount of things done, or, you know, if I'm just having a really difficult day with my mental health, that can lead to this spiral of, you know, I blow it up to this big thing of like, I'm not doing good in my business and I'm a failure and all these things. And that can just come from one bad day. And really the reason I started going to therapy was because I was having more and more of these bad days, right? It was like all this steam and energy that I had and excitement. 
in those first few months where I was like really getting my processes set up and I was like really focused on my contract. I'm like, I want to have a good contract. I'm going to have all these little things in place. And I was really had all this steam and energy in, in my business. Mm-hmm. And then I had some slow times and I started realizing how much I was struggling with productivity and how I, I honestly didn't realize I had ADHD until starting this business because what this business going full time has done has ripped out all the existing structure in my life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't have, I don't have kids. I'm not, you know, I'm not married. I don't have a, hey. a long-term, but yeah, I, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> He's great. I love him, but we're, you know, we're not married. We don't have kids. We don't even have pets. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. do not have like lots of responsibilities, which is like, this is the perfect time. Absolutely. And so all I have is this business. And I think in that I made, because this business was like the only thing that I've been focusing on, you know, I haven't really incorporated some other things into my life to to kind of balance out. Like I want to start volunteering and like getting out of my office and doing other things because what's happened is, so we ripped out all the structures. We have endless time here. It seems like endless time and we're focusing on this one thing. Yeah. And so now I got to this point where this business is like my identity. And if the business isn't doing well, that must mean that I am a failure because it is all that I'm spending my time on. It is all that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hear people say, oh, if I just had more time, right, I could do X, Y, Z. I have all the time <laughs> in the world. So if I can't get things done, your assumption would be I should be able to get everything done because I have the time and, you know, all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's just not taking into account mental health and structures that I actually really needed to set up and put in place because my brain actually works differently than I have thought my brain worked for my entire life. And so coming to that realization was huge and was what made me really realize I need to go talk to someone about this. I need to like untangle some of this a bit. Had you ever gone to therapy prior to that, even through your parents' divorce or anything? No, I think I went to a therapist one time in high school. I was obligated to go. I will <laughs> I will tell you I got in trouble. Oh. In trouble for Uh-oh. having a party. <laughs> hey. I had a party uh in high school, my like senior year or something, and my parents found out and my mom thought I had a drinking problem and was like, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> I was like, I'm such a good kid. Like I get straight A's like other kids are out here doing drugs. Like what? I had a party. I'm sorry. So I went to one therapy appointment and then was like, mom, really, this is ridiculous. And she eased up and I was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my one experience with therapy. So it's something I had always known kind of in the back of mind that I wanted to do, but you know how with ADHD, it's like now or not now. Oh, yeah. It was always a not now. Like therapy someday, maybe sometime, maybe later. Until it was like, I honestly could not put it off anymore because of how many of these just bad days I was having and how detrimental I could like, I could see my self-esteem just kind of tanking this year because of what the things I was struggling with in my business and these new things I was learning about myself. There's so many parallels in what you're talking about and what I'm talking about. When I started going to therapy, I was like child of 
uh, abuse and had to go through therapy sessions, through court-mandated sessions, and I had to talk as somebody that was a severely ADHD, like very hyper kid. So I've been in rooms with that. And even at the University of Kentucky, I would go and they have free counseling services for students. So if any students are listening, at least at my time and our time at, at UK, <laughs> like shout out to Matt Ashton. I don't know where what he's still doing, but and I still go to therapy. And I think it's really good because... <laughs> As somebody that has ADHD and so you were diagnosed later, I was diagnosed very young, but I didn't realize I went through the same process that you're talking about, that realization of like, why am I feeling this way so often and things are like this? There's something deeper here. And so that's when I went and I underwent testing for bipolar and it was like, yeah, bipolar too. You go through manic phases and you go through severe depression phases. And mm-hmm. that's the difference between one and two is, is you know, the manic, the mania. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally getting that confirmation on paper of, hey, here's a name and here's something that's actually, I fucking know how to describe this now. I know it. Okay, there's no guessing games. That was a liberating feeling. That was the scariest day of my life, one of them. But it was the most liberating and one of the most reassuring days of my life because it gave me clarity and then it's like as somebody that's been picking up broken pieces all of my life and I'm sure that you connect with that statement now it's like okay now how can we continue to learn about this and use it to my advantage and continue to push forward because I still got places I need to go like you still have so Mm -hmm. many levels that you've yet to reach and Mm -hmm. I feel you I feel you that's what I'm trying to say yeah, no, and I can understand how that is such a a scary day too because I think there's also this thought of what if it's not that because then I don't have an answer. Is it a moral failing? Am I lazy? Am I do I just not want it enough? Am I is something wrong with me? But if you were don't get the diagnosis, then it's like well, where do you go from there? So it's like equally scary either way because you're still going to have to figure out what to do with that information and how to start shaping your life in a way that makes more sense for you. And it's not going to look like what it looks like for neurotypical people. Right. It's just different. Right. And it gives you, you know, it's not a guessing game anymore. So the mental anguish and anxiety that can start to spiral of what if it's this, what if it's this, you're on WebMD at four in the morning. You're like, why the (laughs) fuck can I sleep? Like, you know, but so I celebrate, we celebrate going to therapy. I think it's really important. And honestly, I've always looked at therapy as put me in a room with somebody that's smarter than me and let me just bounce my ideas off of them and Hold a mirror up for me and let me just fucking get my shit out in a place where I can totally be free to do that with however I choose to express that and it's okay. And that's an important part of the journey. So I, I think, do, do, would you think that sitting there with all that time working on that business gave you all that time as an overthinker? You're probably like sitting there in COVID like I think it's finally time to get the answers to this. Yes, absolutely. I was just, I was so, so hard on myself 
especially this summer, it was getting really bad. And I'll tell you where I think a lot of that actually comes from is I was in the gifted and talented program as a kid. Mm. That was one of those gifted kids. I don't hey. know how much you you know or are you a gifted kid? <laughs> in, I can see it. No, 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 no. Uh, not, not, not officially uh, in many ways. But I was <laughs> never like the gifted. I was the ADHD kid in the in the trouble classrooms. You know, so that's funny. And that's the thing too is so ADHD presents so differently in different people depending on what type you have. Yeah. And so I mean, no one picked up that I had ADHD because I was just incredibly good at school. I am just so good at taking tests. Ben, let me tell you, I'm, <laughs> I'm good at taking tests, like congratulations, but hey. because of that, you know, everyone's like, you're so smart. You have all this potential. You could do so much more with the same amount of effort as someone in like a normal class. I'm putting air quotes here, guys. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> and so that, that sets you up with these pretty high expectations and really high standards for yourself, because when you can't meet a high standard it later in life, you know, cause mm -hmm. life is not like school, unfortunately right. <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's the real world. Homie school finished. They just stole your dreams. You don't know who did it. Bars, bars, bars. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love but, it. but no, it, it is, it is so different. It is so different. And those aren't even your expectations. People mm -hmm. are judging you based on expectations that you haven't even set for yourself. And when you start to give too much credence and thought to that, that's where you mm -hmm. start to lose yourself. Well, I've internalized those expectations is what's happened. So that's become a part of my identity is someone who is just so smart and is going to be so successful with things. Like I've never been comfortable with failure, which makes entrepreneurship extra scary for me because I have not really had practice failing. And that sounds so, I hate the way that sounds. And honestly, I'm just saying it's because school, my brain and school got along really well. I liked the structure. I can remember something that I've read. And so my recall on a test is really good and I'm a good writer. And so those things just kind of carried me through school. I really like getting a B was like, what I gotta be, you know, I'm, oh I'm God, not yeah. someone who's used to this full range of whatever society would label as success versus failure. I'm, I don't want to label it that way. No, she's like, Hey, I got straight A's in high school. Check the tape, bro. Right. So <laughs> like I should be getting straight A's in my business, right? Everything should come easily to me. I should be able to have this massive success because I am so smart and I have always succeeded my whole life. And so for me to fall short of myself, that's how I felt this, this entire year of my business is that I'm constantly falling short, but that has more to do with those internalized expectations and the story that I've been telling myself. So yeah, that's what therapy is helping me kind of unwind and kind of untangle is some of those stories I'm telling myself and some of those expectations I have for myself and well, what if this business could look different? And what if your business isn't your entire identity and not an indicator of how successful you may or may not be in your life? Right. Like, what if the success of your business or lack thereof or whatever you want to consider it doesn't actually speak to who you are as a person and doesn't determine your worth? And picking that apart has just been the most transformational thing. And you've come to me at the perfect time because a lot of this has really happened in the last couple months 
of this starting to come through on this healing side. If you would come talk to me in August, I would be like, what do I have to say to you? You know? Well, I'm really at the point where the people that I keep on my social media and that I'll keep connected with, like, that's what I'm like, we haven't talked, like, really, we've made a reply to each other and stuff. But like, we, you know, uh, um, it's just one of those things where I started to see the work that you were doing. Like, so the visibility started to become apparent. And when I started to look at what you were doing, I'm like, dude, this is exactly the type of person that I connect with most easily, that I love bringing on the show, and that I truly admire so much because I identify with so much of what you're going through. And what happens is the people who sit on the other end of this session, this therapy session, right? This real talk <laughs> session, right? Mm -hmm. What happens is a lot of times... Somebody else will hear that and then they'll start to think about that stuff for themselves and it's helped or people have been connected and you can start to build this micro tribe from people who are like, hey, I also was on the show and I heard your story and I'm watching it. And so it is the timing is everything like, you know, we were talking a little bit off air about personal timing on my end, but it's just like timing is everything. And so when I started to see this stuff coming up, I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, here's somebody that I vibed with back in 2015 when we had this like one class. It's not like we ever hung out outside of school ever. Nope. <laughs> and we, we had like that one class together, but yet we stayed on Facebook. That's and, and I think LinkedIn. And mm -hmm. then recently I started to follow along when your visibility started to raise and you started to use your platform and build your platform. Like there's another episode that came out a few, several weeks ago now. Oh my God, we're <laughs> getting like, wow. Yeah, it's been a while, but her name is Morgan McCombs. And I think you would really, really enjoy that episode because she's from Arkansas. I met her when she was in the Bay Area. Now she lives in New York. She's lived abroad. like, And she works on digital retail side for like, places like Walmart and places like that. And I'm butchering officially like what she is doing right now. So fuck me. Apologies <laughs> to me. But like it's in that episode, Morgan McCombs at Empower Now. And that's her whole thing too is I'm empowering myself. And by sharing that story, I'm empowering others. So that's where I'd like to transition now from all of the things that we've just spent the first 30 or 40 minutes of this conversation talking about and transition that into your clients, why you started this business, the clients that you're working with, and who you are trying to align with as you're building and seeking this personal growth journey. Yeah, thank you. The, the way this whole all started was actually, I was just going to do websites for people. That's what I, that's kind of just the, the starting point of, of what I wanted to do with the business from the time that I started a course, cause I'm self-taught with everything from the time that I started a course till now, it's been a consistent journey of refining and refining and refining, like who are those people that I want to work with. And so I've actually just very recently started moving a little bit more into branding. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I, I, I am a creative person. I love design, but I, I had a hard time calling myself a designer because a self-taught B I think as a kid, I was not the creative one. I was the smart one. I was the logical one. 
And so I just never allowed myself to be the creative one. But, you know, we all have so many different sides of us. So clearly some flawed thinking there, but I've needed to really gain that confidence. And starting my business just on website design gave me more confidence. This whole journey has been a confidence building journey. And as I've gotten more confident, now I'm branching out into branding. And I think I just enjoy it a lot more. I have this, so I have this annoying quirk where all whatever restaurant I'm at, I'm going to break down the logo and the branding and the design elements of the menu and all those things. I say annoying because my boyfriend's always rolling his eyes at me. (laughs) But you can't help it. You're you're constantly, yeah, I, I know it. I just can't help it. But that's to me what shows me that I'm a designer is that I'm always looking at those things. That's that's what really interests me and fascinates me is how design choices impact human psychology and impact decision making and impact people's perception of you and your brand. And so that's what really has fascinated me. And so really over the past few months only, I've been transitioning more into, into branding and I've been able and the ease with which I picked up branding clients showed me that, yes, this is a good direction for you. And I still do websites. You know, websites are an important part of, of a brand as well. But I am really focused on growing my design skills because that's something I, I just really enjoy doing. And in terms of the kind of clients I want to work with, I've just really enjoyed working with other solopreneurs, people who are trying to do it all themselves, but know <laughs> that um, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And that sometimes really the best form of, of self-care that you can do is just to outsource something instead of spinning your wheels on it for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So being that pressure release valve and saying, you don't have to figure it out all yourself. Let me help you. This is my area of expertise. And you focus on your expert area of expertise and really feel aligned with the reason that you started a business. Yeah, You know, it's because you want to help people or whatever it is that you're trying to do, I want to take that off your plate. So that's, I've connected a lot with other people who are high achievers by standards for themselves and are, and really want someone that they can connect with and not just, oh, here's your design. But I, I, I really go in depth with people's mission and their purpose in their business and try to pull that through a design. I think about how I can tap into my skills. I'm a good listener. I'm a trustworthy person. I'm compassionate. And so I really want to be a partner for people as they're growing in their business, not just your graphic designer, right? I want to be cheering you on, helping you grow. And I do think that branding and websites are a method of growing your business. Well, it's storytelling and you are enabling Mm -hmm. people to tell their stories in such a powerful and impactful way. And what a prick to quote himself on his own podcast. But (laughs) I had this thought while I was on a hike, which is sometimes where I get my deepest reflective internal thoughts, which was climb with who you align with. So Mm -hmm. as you're building this business right now and reaching out to people and saying, hey, this looks really great. I really am aligned with what you're doing and your mission and your goals and your vision. I want to be a part of it. Could I maybe like the thing is where you're starting? I I don't know how many 
clients that you've got on your roster that are paying clients. But as an entrepreneur, as uh, me leaning into calling myself, air quotes here, guys, an influencer, right? Uh, calling yourself and leaning into the title of branding expert, social media savant, you know? <laughs> these these are the things that you're becoming and through the process, you're doing it in ways that it's like, hey, I took a look at your website or hey, can I speak to the owner? Are they around? Is she available? Is he going to be in next week? Stopping by, making that connection and saying, hey, listen, this is what I love to do and I love what you do and I just want to help you continue to do that. So could I mock up a couple things for you? Could I send a couple things your way? And like drumming up, because it is, it's sales. So it's funny because when you're an entrepreneur, so much of what you think of sales is, is like 1980s Steve Martin with a briefcase catching a cab <laughs> on a fucking John Hughes movie. That's a mm -hmm. sales guy to me, you know? Mm -hmm. But like sales people, there's so many different ways to sell. And when you're branding, you're selling a story and you're telling a story. And I think that as you continue to do that, that's going to be where the best results come in and you're going to be like nothing was the same dog this was all supposed to fucking happen i know it looks from afar like a chaotic mess sometimes or i don't know and you know it it takes time and starting a business and forming an llc or being at these different parts of a physical like like the paperwork you know trying to think about profitability in terms of the business versus hobby designation and that time that's on the clock for the IRS to be like, hey girl, you got to fucking make some money here to be like, you can't be claiming all these expenses and having all these net operating losses. And it's like, fuck man, just give me some time. But, but you have time. And as you continue to go down this path, yeah, it'll come. It's only a matter of time. Um, who are some of the clients that you're yes. working with now? Yeah. One of my um, most recent clients is actually someone who, who I consider a, a really close business friend. Well, and just, just friend in general. And we used to work at, we didn't get into this. We can revisit if you'd like, but um, <laughs> I used to work at a winery actually straight out of college, UK on top of all their cool, their journalism classes, all their other classes, my last semester at UK, I took a wine education class my last semester. And that was so much fun. We went to like a Kentucky winery and no shade, but like Kentucky wine's not that great. But we're, we're a bourbon. It's bourbon country. You don't give it's a fuck bourbon country. Bourbon. Uh, yeah. But the class was interesting. We didn't drink all Kentucky wine. We drank lots of different types of wine. I learned about wines from the world. I was like, this is fascinating. So, mm. so actually right after college, I wanted to move to California and go work in the wine industry. But we do have a wine country right outside of DC, actually out in Loudoun County in Virginia. So I, I went and worked at a winery there. I was like, you know, I'll just test the waters here, see if I like the industry. And if I do, maybe I'll move out to California. Yeah. So in my time there, I actually got to manage the tasting room. So that was a really fun job right out of college. And, oh my God. Um, yeah. So our marketing manager at the time, her name's Emily. She went off and started her own photography business. She's been doing her photography business for three years. And when I started my business, her and I kind of reconnected and we talk, I mean, we talk once a week. I think it's so good to have other people in business that yeah. just understand what you're going through and 
that can really, you can bounce ideas off each other. And it's kind of like having a business partner, just not in the formal way. Sure. You no. know, but you're climbing with who you're aligning with, right? I exactly. Mean, yeah, exactly. Um, and so she's doing some really cool things right now. She's branching out her brand a little bit to encompass more than just photography, but also to serve other creative entrepreneurs. And she created a Facebook community that I'm, I'm helping her. The two of us are kind of trying to get some steam under. It's called the Creative Brand Collective. You can look that up on Facebook. There we go. Um, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well. Yes, it, it is geared towards female creative entrepreneurs. Um, so if you are or identify as a woman, please come. So yeah, she wanted to redo her branding because she just had her original branding from you know three years ago. And so I just delivered a new logo for her and we both are kind of obsessed with it. So that's my most recent portfolio project. And yeah, those projects just turn around quick. I, I really, really enjoy them. That's so cool. And a lot of what you're doing, you're on their business development side, either at the beginning, which is a really great startup, everything is new and happening fast and you're helping there, or you're helping them offering value in a really important way with something that, and that's why, you know, as a, as a business owner, earlier you were talking about having the ability to set your ego aside and say, maybe this isn't actually what I'm best at, I can outsource this, right? Separating those two things and approaching people to say, hey, I think this is good, but I think this is what I do and I want to help you and we can grow together. So yeah. I really, really think that I'm excited to see where it continues to go for you, seriously. Thank you. Thank you. And I need to take my own advice too and be outsourcing things. Like I'll, I'll sit here and say outsource all day, but I and I can totally understand and relate to people who have a hard time letting things go because, you know, it also takes work to uh, explain to somebody else how you want something done. And <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like finding somebody, you know, outsourcing is great, but it also, you know, it takes that research and then you got to make decisions. And for me, at least the way that my brain sees it, I'm like, that is also a long list of tasks to outsource something. So. Sure, sure. So I got to take my own advice. I've been trying to outsource social media because I don't like it at all. <laughs> Same. Same. I like it. I enjoy the visual storytelling. So mm -hmm. I have gone all in on Instagram and TikTok. I put stuff on Facebook, like the episodes and the stuff. But my SEO is, is where I struggle. Like I struggle with getting visibility sometimes. I've had a couple of TikToks go viral and TikTok and Instagram are good. I'll have a post day. Episodes come out on Wednesdays. And that's when I spend so much time sitting in the studio, putting stuff up, formatting stuff for LinkedIn, putting out the show notes, all that kind of stuff. And everything is different. I hate that part of it. And I cannot wait until I reach the level to where I can outsource that. You know, as I started to do these different Uber stories episodes in the different cities when the show was still under that format, I needed somebody, there's a Drake quote where he says, I can't live and hold the camera. Somebody got to take this. And I was like, fuck, I felt that. Like, that's real talk. Mm -hmm. I need an intern. I need to outsource this 
and get somebody to hold a camera for me as I set up and do what I did up at Columbus in the University of Ohio State. And as I continue to do more and more of that, those video services, I'm great at audio, but my YouTube channel, like I've got all, I'm sitting on all this stuff, but that's where it becomes as a solo person, you're learning so much about all these different things and it's so time consuming and Mm -hmm. you do feel like I'm still not where I want to be and it's all growth, but taking the time to lay that foundation brick by brick is either going to give you the old saying as I know just enough to get me in trouble or it's going to be something that you discover is a hidden potential or or a source of something that you're really, really good at too. So following up on all that stuff is like really important and Mm -hmm. it is difficult. You know, all of the things that we're talking about is really difficult, but I think- yeah, go ahead. I was I was going to say, as you learn those different pieces that go into building a business and start wearing all those hats and start seeing the work that goes into every piece of something, mm-hmm. I think a couple of things happen. One is I have such a greater appreciation for everybody in their field, mm. like everyone. Just yeah. having to, the more you learn about something, the more you realize how much you don't know. And so when you're in it, in this business and you see all the different parts, it's like, oh, I get it. I get why people just become an expert in one thing, because it is very difficult to be a marketing expert or a branding expert or a social media expert or a website developer or the person recording and editing and producing and doing all the things. And, yeah. and then, like you said, the accounting and the paperwork and the sales, the lead generation, hate that. There are so many different parts. There are so Mm -hmm. many different pieces. And you know, the place that you're at now, that we're both at now, is creating and becoming the best version of the things that we're best at and eventually finding our tribe where we can work alongside other people who are just as equally talented as all the things that we're doing right now and learning but that might not be the thing that we want to do forever or the thing that mm-hmm. is going to make us money or, or whatever it is. But eventually doing all of that, like we talked about, mm-hmm. you're going to run into just this intersection of everything that you're doing and the hard work and who you are as a person and a tribe that sees the value and is like, Kristen, you are fucking worth it. Please come and do this with us. You're a rock star and you deserve to hear those things. And as a solo entrepreneur, it's you yourself or your significant other or somebody, your business mentor, your friends, like hopefully you people have that. But if you don't, and you know, when you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night, a lot of times you're looking in the mirror, you gotta be your own hype man or hype girl. Oh you know? my gosh. <laughs> so much of business is hyping yourself up. It seriously is. It is dancing to Beyonce in the shower. It is like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you deserve this. It is, it is a hundred percent hyping yourself up is because that's when your best work comes through. That's when my best work comes through is when I feel confident and I'm like, I got this. 
if I can say that I got this and feel that way, then I can do great work. But yeah. when you start operating from this place of low self-esteem and this dealing with feelings of unworthiness and are just really hard on yourself and are working against this part of you that kind of feels like it needs to take a break and you're just trying to force productivity and kind of force into this negative space, that's not when your business grows. That's not when new exciting things are happening. My business has been best operating from a good mindset, which is very challenging to maintain. And I, I'm not going to, you know, say, oh, think happy thoughts and everything's going to be good because it's way more complex than that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of um, course. That in itself is the challenge because you can think things. I've said this to my ther therapist. I'm like, there are things that I know to be true, but it doesn't mean that I feel like they're true. And I can know that I'm worthy and I can know that I deserve things. But you have to convince your heart and it's got to like sink in. You have to be able to feel that feeling in your body. Yeah. So that has been a wonderful perspective shift for me as well is you can't just fake it till you make it. You really do have to work on yourself and try to be a better version of yourself if you want this business to become something. You know, it's real when you are who you think you are. And like that is such a point that is an important one to reach on this journey is the duality of what you said. Sometimes you feel something in your heart or in your body. You have a physical feeling. But until you reach that moment where who you are or what you're doing is faced with the reality check, you might not know. So there, mm -hmm. while there's things that you know and are feeling, like there's there's a really interesting duality there, I think. Oh, absolutely. It's been fascinating to realize that in my drive to achieve these high standards that I've set for myself and in the way that I was functioning in my business at the very beginning, a very much like, just just grind, just hit it hard and be super productive. And all you have to do is put your mind to it because you are full of potential and success and you'll just, this will come easy to you, right? right. All of that like naive thinking, yeah. all these other, other stories that have always kind of been in my mind. Middle school me, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, you, you carry those narratives that you've had your whole life. And yeah, coming to that reality check, I think I just... I tried to will my way through it with intellectualizing things and with like brain power. That's what I was trying to do was sheer brain power my way through something instead of what's actually helped me feel more balanced and centered and whole of really listening to my body and getting in touch with, you know, your body sends you signals of what you need and is always talking to you. Right. And I did not listen. I have not listened to my body for a long time. <laughs> You know, when you struggle with anxiety and other things like that, like listening to your body is painful, right? Yeah. So, so for me, I've just tried to stay all, all up here, all in the head, all intellectual and just to will myself through things. And so I think, you know, my body finally told me, no, you can't ignore me anymore. I'm a part of this too. And <laughs> it's not just the head. It's not just the head. It's not just like, I get that you, you want things to be this way, but 
there's the reality of external things and there's the reality of internal things that are real things that you struggle with. And you can't just think your way through feelings. You can't think your way out of experiencing what you need to experience and you can't think your way out of pain or into safety, out of vulnerability, like all those things need to be felt and experienced. And so learning to be, I think, more present with myself and listening to all parts of myself as more of a full human and not just this machine that's trying to maximize time and effort and all these levers to try to make something happen. It's a more fully integrated approach, I guess, to my business, which is making it just feel so much more aligned for me as well and, and less draining. And I've really been able to divest and separate out my personal identity from my business as well. Like it's something I do. It is not the whole essence of my being. There are so many parts to us as humans. And this is one thing that we are doing. Dude. Okay. So many different ways to go, but I want to start here first (laughs) is at the end of the day, when a man or a woman or however somebody identifies walks into a room, they carry all of their baggage with them. And who you are right now and leaning into this journey, it's real. It's real. And if you continue with that, it's going to lead to some real results. And I think just we've spent so much time talking about that, but that's because like it does demand that much time, especially if anybody that's ever been at this point or who is thinking about starting their whatever it is, you know, I've got friends that I went to high school or college with that now that they've been working, and it's funny, you mentioned working in the winery. I don't know if you know this, but I did move to California and sold wine and spirits in the Bay Area. For the, I was in the Bay for my first three years after graduating from UK. So I, we could, that's a whole other hour Amazing. of a podcast. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so I was a wine and spirits. Fucking, I, I can, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good salesperson. But um, nice. It's uh, it is really something that. We've spent a lot of time talking about being at that place. And so for anybody that's at any stage, it's perfectly okay to be where you're at. And like you're talking about, allow yourself the freedom to be present there and celebrate how far you've come. Like, did you ever think that you would go and lean into the creative side versus who everybody always said and patted you on the back as you're great, you're this, you're that. Oh, you think that way or you could do so much better. Like, dude, fuck all that stuff, you know, (laughs) because all the stuff that's coming and flowing from you now, you can spot it from a mile away. And that's like the stuff that really punches through. And as somebody that has, I fucking hate the word influencer, but as somebody that is like actually an effect and a skill that I have on people and that I have as a person and that I I do. And like you were talking about you throwing those high school parties. Dude, same. <laughs> I threw some bangers back in the day. Whisperwood <laughs> was popping and it happened multiple times, these derby parties. But I always have been somebody that wants to create that experience. So you working as a wine tasting room coordinator and creating a unique experience for somebody and telling stories about something that you're passionate about, like... Mm-hmm. I just I just think that's why th- there's so much overlap 
in what we both do and I keep saying this with everyone and I don't mean this as a I never ever am like oh this one did better than that one or oh I like this one more than that one but I truly feel that every single time I sit down with a guest that I've lined up the episodes and the conversations and the flow continue to get better and better and better and maybe that's just because I'm I'm reaching out to the right people at the right times and this seems like a really great time to connect with you so I'm I'm really yeah. really glad that we've done this we are getting close to where we probably need to start to wrap up I sure. want to run through this. Tell me about when you moved out to the Pacific Northwest. Was that always something that you wanted to do? And what drew you to that area? Yeah, I actually had always wanted to move to California. That was kind of the goal when I was, gosh, I don't even remember how old I was when I thought of that. But I, you know, I went on a trip to San Francisco and out to wine country when I was 21. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. I'm going to take a wine class my next semester in college. And I, I really like fell in love with the area. And I think that it's just the beaches next to the mountains and just all of it. So I actually had always wanted to move to California, but then that kind of got put on hold. And I, you know, I was just exploring and doing other things. I was, I decided I didn't want to be in the wine industry because I didn't want to work <laughs> Thursday to Monday. This was not a life that I wanted. I was missing out on birthdays and anniversaries and family celebrations and dinners because I was working, right. you know, and, and sometimes there's a cost to making your hobby, your job. And for me, that cost just became too high. I'm like, I'm in my early twenties. I need to be dating and finding someone and all these other things. And so that just kind of got in the way, but I, I loved working there. And I think back to what you said about everything, kind of teaching you things yeah. for me, I loved managing my team. I had the best team of people. We all got along really well. And I somehow felt really respected, even though I was 23, I was younger than most of the people that I was managing. And we just had a, we just had a great time. And I loved kind of being the boss and having control and making decisions. And I learned a lot, a lot of skills there at the winery. So then I transitioned into another job. It was my first kind of corporate job. It was a kind of a customer service role or promotional products company. And the next year got promoted to like a more of a marketing position. I was managing some store programs, some online store programs. Mm -hmm. And during that time I met my boyfriend, Matt. So we have been together for three years now. We just celebrated our three year last Congratulations. week. Congratulations. There you Thank go. You. Thank you. Yeah, we fell in love really quickly and moved in together a year later. And then we had just kind of talked about moving out to the West Coast because he's wonderful. He really initiated this because he knew that I always kind of had this dream of exploring the West Coast and kind of being out here. Mm -hmm. And he had said, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to live in several different places and kind of explore and find where I like and what I like. And even though I love it here in Northern Virginia and could see us settling down here, I want you to have that opportunity. So let's talk about where we want to move. So we did. I mean, California is just really expensive. You know, Dude. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities, but I guess all my favorite cities are super expensive. Yeah. All the best ones. All the best ones. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was like, maybe not California. And then I don't know, we just, we thought of Seattle and I was like, you know, I've really never been up 
We neither of us had ever been to Seattle. Neither of us had ever been to Washington. I just kind of felt like for me, I, I feel like there's a lot of environmentally focused people up here. The whole city runs on hydroelectric power and we have compost that gets picked up, you know, once a week. And I love composting. <laughs> I'm such a nerd about it. But I was like, you know, I think we'll, we'll all find people that are kind of have similar interests to me. And I just, I just have this feeling that like Seattle would be a good place for us to live. Standard of living is pretty much the same from like DC area to here. So wasn't big for us. We lucked out with just the best apartment. We have this amazing view of the Space Needle excuse me, in downtown. It is stunning. I mean, it was underpriced when it was listed. <laughs> and so we've, <laughs> we've just been really enjoying that. And just, we really love it here. I love how close I feel to nature, even in the middle of the city. You can look in either direction. You look east, you look west, there's mountains, there's water. And the winter's tough for sure with the short days. And this year in particular is like the wettest on record. But the summer here is actually unbeatable. And I can't believe more people don't know about it. And I probably am going to make a lot of <laughs> Seattle residents angry by hyping up Seattle so much because they don't want other people to come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the summers are ridiculous. The sun is up until like 10 o'clock and it's like 75 degrees every day. <sighs> it's insane. The Pacific Northwest has always been, I'm drawn to the trees Recently, mm -hmm. my girlfriend and I did three weeks traveling on this big road trip, and we went up into Oregon. It was too cold and too late in the season to go to Crater Lake National Park, but we did go up to Ashland and we camped out. But even all the places in Redwood and Eureka and northern, northern California, that entire area up until Vancouver, Vancouver's outside of Bled and Sylvania, Vancouver is my place, like the trees, the mountains, all of the things that you're talking about. And I always loved going to those forests. And it's funny, I referenced a thought that I had on these deep walks in nature. I love going into the forest because I don't know what I'm going to find, but I'm surrounded by life. So it's, mm -hmm. I feel connected. There's things moving and I'm really just there either with somebody talking or with myself mm -hmm. And the deeper that I go, the deeper that I get. So mm -hmm. that's where sometimes, and you know, like we talked about that often on start, stop, all or nothing aspect of living with ADHD or anxiety or bipolar or any other mental health disorder is that sometimes your best work comes when you are feeling depressed, like that's when you actually are in bed writing out how you feel or you're working through your problems or maybe it's when you are feeling all of that energy and you're just flowing and you got a million ideas and your friends and family are like, are you okay? I'm kind of always worried when you're like this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. It's like, so you just find different ways to continue to use that to your superpower. But the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest to tie that back in is just, I'm envious. I love it. It is the most beautiful place. So you moved there in the middle of COVID actually, we moved last October. So October, 2020. So yeah, we moved in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, what do we have to lose? And, you know, now right. is the now is kind of the time, you know, right. we're not we're not uh, we don't have kids. We don't we don't have other obligations right now. So it was kind of just like now's the time. Yeah. 
I think it's really cool. I think being in that part of the area and in the country, the reason that I asked when you moved was because to find somewhere that was underpriced in Seattle and in the area that you're living during COVID was probably a steal because I know a lot of people that were living in the New Yorks and the Bay Areas and all the places where if you're working from home and you're paying this ridiculous rent and you start to think, is it really worth being here? People have started to, I've talked to people, I really started to like, in my mind, I need to go to Boise, Idaho. I've never been there, but people are saying that that is like- The next the, one. Yeah, yeah, because it's so cheap. Who would ever think to go to Idaho, but it's right in that region where it's just, if you're a Pacific Northwest person, then that is a really, really popping place to be right now, I think. And 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 obviously, Seattle is like well-established and- I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Our our um, neighbor or there was a real estate agent around that we were chatting with when we kind of first got here. And she was like, it's really surprising that you all moved here because most people are actually leaving the city. Right. Um, so a lot of, there was. Yeah. And I'm sure all big cities kind of experience this. A lot of people being like, why am I paying so much to live here? And now that they don't have to commute, they can just work remotely. So. I'm thinking maybe a lot of small towns are going to see some resurgence, you know, because a lot of people left small towns to go be in these big cities. And right. now that we have all these opportunities to kind of work from wherever, I wonder if that's going to be beneficial for small towns. I'm not sure. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that it helps grow their economies. And I'm sure, especially think about the profile of somebody that is leaving an expensive city to go and make that move. There's somebody with some money that's making a good mm -hmm. financial decision, like a sound financial decision if, if, if they can, you know, if it works for them. But um, it, yeah, it, it, it's like all of, that's why I ended up leaving the Bay Area and why I couldn't do what I'm doing now if I had stayed there because three years later, dude, I was still living almost month to month. Like I was still living month to month. And yeah. if you're trying to build and grow, I'm privileged in that I have the resources that allows me to drive for Uber full time and build my own studio and work from home and make money until I can get to maximum profitability for me and my business. But it's like, until you reach that point, if you don't have those resources, that can be really tough. And mm -hmm. that's what's made the difference is just having that time. And so I just, I think you're at an excellent time. It's an awesome time to start to dive into this stuff. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation just as much as I have. And I want to ask you lastly, about Kind to the Root. Can you plug that and tell me a little bit about what Kind to the Root is? Yeah, sure. That really is just kind of a side little project. I I told you I, I managed some online stores previously. It's just kind of a combination of my skills and experience, you know, running e-commerce stores, uh, graphic design, and a love of plants. So I kind of pulled all those things together and it's a little print on demand shop. I, I've made all the designs that are on the apparel there and it's a really cool setup because I don't have to have any inventory. So less waste. They're just printed when the order comes through. Mm -hmm. So I really liked that model. It's a, yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> she is, you can find this business at 
kind to the root on Instagram, kindtotheroot.com. I just followed it right now. Everybody else that's listening should go smash that fucking follow button and go follow along with that. And I think the last place you've been so kind. This has been so fucking enjoyable. So like, thank you so much. It's like you're wonderful. Yeah. You're glowing. This is a great <laughs> episode. And the last thing that I'd like to ask you is what is the one question that you would like to be asked in an interview? Okay. This is a great question because my original answer to this was, I guess, why I started my business. So I didn't know it was going to come at the end and we've already covered that. I will always talk about my plants though. So ask me about my plants. (laughs) How is your plants and your love for nurturing, like how quickly has that grown? How many plants are we talking about? And yeah, uh, yeah, where do you see that going? I have definitely lost count. I'd have to kind of do a little mental count to be able to tell you how many I have. I did, I actually only, I got my first plant like a year and a half ago. It was summer of 2020. Like a lot of people who discovered that they actually love plants in the middle of a pandemic, they're at home more. They're like, I need to make the space nicer. So I'm like, I finally have the time to practice and and try to make some plants happen. So I got two plants and I actually brought them with us when we moved out to Seattle. Really? So yeah, we had them in the car. We took a two and a half week road trip when we moved out here. And I had my two little plant babies in the back seat and in their own little container. And I brought them into the hotel rooms overnight and everything. (laughs) (laughs) I brought them over with me. And now that has exploded just in a year. And now I have maybe like 20 plants. I just hung up a bunch this weekend and I talk to them all the time. And it just gives me (laughs) gives me a good something to do, you know, around the house. Um, It just they make me happy. They're growing organisms, you know, they are, they have a life of their own. And it's quite a sense of accomplishment when they start doing well, because you might not think that you're doing the right thing. And, you know, a plant can't talk to you and tell you what it needs, but it does. You you have to pick up on little signs that it might need something and kind of pay attention. So you have to be really thoughtful and give them the attention they need and and they'll tell you. So it, (laughs) it does feel really good to be like successful with plants because plants are very hardy. Okay. And they know what they're supposed to do. They just, they do grow. They, they know how to keep moving forward. So you just need to kind of supply the correct resources. So watching that be fruitful is, I mean, I'll FaceTime with my best friend for like an hour and we'll just like show off all our plants and what, um, (laughs) who has the newest growth and someone blossomed and it's, it's a little ridiculous, but, <laughs> but you're, you're, <laughs> look, 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 we're celebrating growth around here. Yeah. You know, it's like to the root, kind of the root. That is so fucking authentic and real. And I think that when you look at stuff like that, it's like, dude, give me all the plants in the world. Give me all the animals in the world. If something shows me love, I will show it love back. Mm-hmm. But I'm good with all that stuff over kids. And, <laughs> you know, like I can deal with plants. I can deal with animals. Kids, not so much, you know, something that (laughs) might talk back to me, a little version of me talking back to myself as a fucking, the world does not need that pollution. You know, I'm trying to go green, right? You know, it's like, go green. Yeah. Get a plant. (laughs) But, um, total sidebar question and then, and then, and then we're out. But, uh, 
Have you ever thought, living in the region, would you ever grow your own medical marijuana or a marijuana plant and take that from start to finish? Because you're in a prime region to do that. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a plant, you know? That's... Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good question. I don't like to work for my weed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I will happily design a cannabis brand and get them a website stood up. But I don't know if really a full production of cannabis would be in my future. No, but I would love to work with one with a cannabis brand, though. That'd be awesome. I think it'd be cool to take one and just even if it the buds never just to just to try it and just to try a personal I don't know. For sure. Just, a little experiment. Yes. I w- yes. I would definitely yeah. get get a plant and experiment, I guess, because it, it is very interesting. Like scientifically, plants are fascinating. So I'd be down. Kristen Garland, thank you so fucking much for coming on and being authentically yourself, being so open. And it's so apparent that what you're doing right now is what you're best at and you're using your gifts. And that should not be understated it should be shouted from the rooftops and as somebody that hypes himself up every day and gets hype and gas like they say that i'm gas so i ought to last sometimes it's good to get that from other people and i'm really really happy that we could connect and do this and thank you so much for your time please go and check out cmgdigitalmedia.com check out her excellent work you can look at the blog that she's got on there. Follow along on Instagram at CMG underscore digital. Her personal Instagram again is at Kristen underscore Marie G. She's a straight G and she keep it 100 <laughs> right here with that real talk. So Kristen, thanks for showing up and being yourself and bringing the fucking heat, baby. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. I absolutely did. Thank you to Kristen for coming on and being who she is and putting in the great work that she does. If you are somebody that is thinking about rebranding, if you need a little bit of help telling your story, wherever you're at in that process, if you're thinking about starting to do that, or if you're currently not necessarily happy with what you've got out there and you think it could be better, then you should absolutely hit Kristen up any of the ways that we've already plugged up on this show. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. It'll be uh, the 29th before we speak again. And so I hope everybody enjoys the holiday, however you spend it. Holidays can be a very tough thing. Certainly as a child of divorce, the holidays are a weird time for me. But, you know, we're, we're doing okay. We're getting through it, you know. But I will have a holiday special that falls in between Christmas and New Year's. Last year we did a New Year's special and we did a Christmas special. This year I'm thinking that we're just going to combine the two. We'll do a holiday special. And then the very first episode of 2022 is going to be some goal setting and some new vision and I'll fill you in on everything that's been happening in the last several weeks. Hopefully I'll have a better idea and can give you a better idea of what you can expect from me and this show moving forward. All right, my friends, that's it. Have a Merry Christmas and I will talk to you next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.